everybody. Welcome to God's Imagers. This podcast is a community platform for Christians to share what God is doing in their lives. Together, we hope to learn more about what it means to represent God as we live in His kingdom. Our vision is for us as a community to become passionate about following King Jesus. We invite you to join us as we explore what it means to live as God's imagers. Our guest for the next two episodes is Janelle Zimmerman. Janelle is a young woman with a heart for God and others. She has a lot of experience and even some fancy credentials related to healthcare and wellness. As hosts, Micah Art, Caleb Martin, and myself, Nelson Miller, it was very interesting for us to hear Janelle discuss some biblical principles about what it really means to be healthy in body, soul, and spirit. Welcome, Janelle. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to this place in life so far? Well, first, thank you for having me. I count it quite the privilege to be here. Yeah. And as far as what brought me here, that is a bit of a story. And it kind of starts with me being a sickly child and being interested in like how, why am I sick? And what would it look like to be healthy? Because I didn't even know. Hmm. And then as I got a bit older lived on a farm, and did a whole bunch of veterinary work for my dad. Started IVs on the cows, saved him a whole bunch of vet bills and that kind of thing. It's like, hmm, this is fun. Maybe I could do this. And then explored vet school and realized, first of all, I don't want to work with small animal owners. And I'm not physically strong enough to handle large animal work. Hmm. So maybe that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And then one Saturday morning, just on an impulse, I applied for a job at a nursing home and they hired me on the spot, which is probably not a good sign. But anyway, I got the job and just quickly discovered that I know nothing. I don't know enough to be safe. This is just ridiculous. So when I had a chance to go to CNA school, I took it and loved it. And my teacher said, you know, have you ever thought of going to nursing school? because I think you'd be good at that. I'd never thought of it, but a year later I was in nursing school. Mm -hmm. And in nursing school, while also working in a hospital at the same time, I started to realize that we're seeing people come back over and over. We keep them alive, but we don't keep them well. And so I started to kind of get disillusioned with the way that conventional medicine is practiced, in that we do great at saving lives, but not very well at giving quality of life. And so in the years since graduation, it's been a bit of a journey to figure out what does that look like? What are the aspects of true health? And is that more than just physical health? Obviously it is. So that's a quick overview if there's a whole lot more to the story than that. But that's kind of how I got to where I am today. Yeah, thank you. I think we're going to start in this first session. We want to talk kind of your some of your philosophy of health, uh, what's some of the big picture of health. Yeah, do you want to speak to what does the biblical picture of health look like for the random Joe out on the street? So when I started to ask that question, what does biblical health care look like? I first turned to 
the bookstores and hmm. look to see like what has already been written. And I found a number of books on biblical health, but all of them or almost all of them were based on Old Testament principles, on Jewish law. Hmm. And I could find very few that even mentioned that it might have changed in any way with the New Testament, and those that did, didn't do a great job of it. So I decided, well, what better place to look than the manufacturer's handbook? Hmm. God made us. He knows how we function. Hmm. And even though the Bible is not in any sense a health textbook, it's going to have the answers. So I started with the Gospel of Mark because it's the shortest (laughs) and started to read and just to ask that question, what does the New Testament say about health? And I quickly discovered there's a lot about health, but it is not a list of rules. And that's probably why the book hasn't been written. It's not a list of rules, but there's principles. And the first thing I noticed is that Jesus heals a lot. Hmm. Like over and over are the stories of him healing physically. So it's obvious he cares about physical health. He really does care about that. And then the second principle that really stood out to me in reading through the Gospel of Mark was that God cares about what's real. Is it authentic? Is it real? Is it genuine? And so those two principles, that God cares about physical health and that he cares about what's real, are kind of the basis of my philosophy of health. Can you maybe expound a little more on what you mean by real? Like, I guess I'm just struggling. I don't know, maybe not understand exactly what you mean by that. Sure. So perhaps the easiest way is to look at what is not real. An imitation, a fake, Mm -hmm. synthetic, manufactured, processed, Mm -hmm. all those things are not real, not genuine. Mm -hmm. It goes beyond just products and food, though. And includes the aspect of, are we being honest? Are we being real? Are we truly lining up our lives with what God says is true? Mm-hmm. With what reality is? To kind of along the line of like getting to the root cause. Like what's, you're not just satisfied with, you know, what, what they say, like a Band-Aid fix or whatever. Like, is that what you mean? Is that what you're getting around to like real? Like what's genuine and like what's behind all this? And I guess like ultimately, like you said, aligning yourself with the truth of God's word. Yeah, I think the biggest part of it is... What God says is true really is real, Mm -hmm. more real than what we can see or feel, more real than the physical world is what God says is real, is of reality, what God says it is. And then everything else is kind of on top of that foundation. A lot of times we'll use like a negative word because we don't have the right words. Like when we say God is holy, that's an example that came to mind. The only other thing other than that is unholy. Like we have to like use these words. We have to like make up words like light and dark. Well, some would argue like, what is it? There's actually no darkness. It's just the absence of light. I think is Mm -hmm. that correct school teacher, Caleb? Yes. That would, I've heard that Uh, anyway. And a lot of times when I hear like, you know, it's just even this topic, health, I just go right to the negative things, sickness, disease, you know, cancer, start naming actual things. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I feel like a lot of times to even have a conversation about health, it tends to focus on those negative, the, the, I can't, I'm not sure what the right word is, the opposite of how, what God said was good, right? Right, right. And you pointed out one of the major deficiencies in healthcare as it currently exists, at least in this country, is that it's primarily focused on lack of health. Mm. If you look at health and illness as a spectrum, healthcare is primarily focused on the negative half of the spectrum mm. and attempting to get people back to a spot where they're not sick. Mm. And I'm looking at it and saying, well, not sick is great, but what does it mean to be well, mm-hmm. to move on the positive side of the spectrum, to be truly well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously addressing the unwell is important, mm-hmm. but then let's keep going to actual thriving. And it may have something to do with our perspective or we, let's say, God, I would, I'm looking at it like we see the negative, but God sees the other side more and would tend to want to draw us to that where we're, we're seeing the negative and that's where we feel stuck sometimes. But I guess that would mean we would need to get some of God's perspective yes. on wellness and health. And so I guess, like you're saying, the first thing you were wondering what the creator had to say about it. Mm-hmm. So you turn to the Bible and... Well, you mentioned the New Testament, obviously the Old Testament as well. Yes, yes. The more that I look, the more I realize there is no real break Mm. between the Old Testament and the New Testament. God has not changed. His principles have not changed. The big thing that has changed, we are no longer under the law. We're now under grace. And so in the Old Testament, there were death penalties for breaking the law. Death penalty is gone. We no longer face that in anything, including in health. However, the principles remain, so the consequences of our choices still remain. But when you look at the Bible as a whole, there is no break. Hmm. It, it's the same the whole way through. Um, if someone's listening to our podcast and they're ask, they're wondering the question, why? Why should I be concerned about health or why is, why is health important? Uh, what do you say to that person? He's like, eh, health isn't that important. So to that person, I would ask, what is important to you? Is it your family? Is it your work? What are the things that truly give you purpose in your life? And once you've answered that question, then I would ask, well, what do you need as far as physical health, what do you need in order to fulfill that passion, that calling, that purpose? Whatever you need for that is your motivation to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Like just last week, I was called out to a young man, 27 years old, with a wife and a young child. And I looked at him and knew that he was severely, critically ill. And I told him, I need you to tell me that you want to live because of your family. Mm. Because I need to know that you have a purpose for living. Mm. And this is making our minds think of the name of our podcast and God's imagers. Because that's the purpose that we have. That's a status that God has given to us in the first page of the Bible. We are 
created with a royal task to represent him on this earth and to have dominion over it. And a lot of that is part of that is physical, part of that spiritual, but yeah, just that purpose. We are created with that purpose. And while I'm thinking of it, we were talking about the new Testament and the old, how there's really maybe no um, gap if you want to say that. But I always think the first like real words of Jesus, when he, walked into the synagogue, they were reading from, they handed him the scroll and he read from Isaiah. Because the reason I think of that is because Jesus was coming with a purpose and he got that purpose from the first page of Genesis. And a lot of times we don't think of it that way, but this is what it says. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So, a couple of things in there, we've heard one of them was bruised, one of them was blind, and brokenhearted, healing the brokenhearted. So, a lot of, I would say, terminology that relates to sickness and health, but And here we see it's like Jesus is like basically proclaiming his mission. The kingdom of God is here. And this is what the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like healing of these things. Mm -hmm. If I could clarify the word healing, restoring to its original intent. Mm -hmm. And he's getting that mission statement. I believe he's getting that mission statement from the beginning of Genesis because he's saying Eden is back. Here's what it looks like. Here's what it looks like to be created and proclaimed. It is good. What did God say when he created the world? He said, it's good. That's what I see. So it kind of ties <laughs> the beginning of the New Testament all the way back to the beginning of the Old Testament. And we find out it's really just one big story of God inviting us to have a purpose, our purpose, God giving us our purpose to restoring the blessings of Eden, the fellowship with the Father. Mm-hmm. Very well put. I guess I'm thinking here, to go back a little bit, why do you think, I'm sure there can be multiple reasons and it could be a you know nuanced answers and stuff, but why do you think we're satisfied or maybe ignorant of the, kind, of like, kind of that concept that we were talking about earlier, like just being at the state of not in bad health, like, you know, mm-hmm. kind of that defining of health as, oh, if you're healthy, it means you're not in bad health or you know how how do you how are you not word sick it? yeah yeah mm-hmm. like i guess i'm just sitting here wondering like why is it just more is it just like a cultural like a cultural thing where you know, if there's no problem you know why you know why that by definition kind of like oh there is nothing wrong then yeah i don't know just kind of just literally just sitting here thinking and kind of wondering like why that is it ignorance is it just that maybe from the world's perspective like there is no nothing in their minds and their knowledge and understanding. There is nothing more. Mm-hmm. Just that health is not sick. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess the question would be, is it simply a cultural thing that we think of health as not sick? Mm. Or is there something deeper? So I guess maybe the question would be, where does that thought come from? And if you kind of step back and think about it, there's only two possible sources of a thought either it comes from the kingdom of light or it comes from the kingdom of darkness. God is not interested in having us miss out 
on what health truly means, mm. but the devil is. So to me, it's pretty clear where that yeah. comes from, even though, yes, it is cultural. Yeah. You boil it down. Like that's that's a lot of things in life. It's not real complicated. Like you, know, you boil it down to, you know, the, the age old, you know, narrative of good versus evil. Maybe we've kind of lowered the bar, like accepted something that we shouldn't be accepting. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe like raise our, actually get into the perspective of God, the father, maybe. And I think that is a higher perspective maybe on that spectrum he's at the other end where we're like we're saying that we're okay if we get to the halfway point and not sick but god's looking at it like this wellness like ex- experiencing his blessings what you know his spirit mm-hmm. and just all, there's lots of things in there but it's just further along but we've been satisfied with or I don't not necessarily satisfied. <laughs> it's not the right word. I'm not really satisfied with it, but that's where we've just kind of yeah. stopped. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is what we can expect. Is that yeah, simply that we're not exactly our expectation has been lowered. Mm-hmm. Like I think I keep thinking of the word like ignorant. Like you know, I'm sure I've been there. You may you just maybe don't realize the what in life, just in generally speaking, too. Like sometimes what God has to offer, you're you're just kind of like mm-hmm. ignorant of what. We may, may be missing out on one sometimes. Yeah, I think there is quite a bit of ignorance, of simply lack of knowledge that health is more than simply not being sick. I think of an example from my own life for many years. I lived with chronic pain to the point where I completely ignored it. Like I didn't even mm. consciously register that I'm living with chronic pain. That was my normal. And it wasn't until a few years ago that I started to get at some of those root causes and really deal with that. And as the pain disappeared, not because I was working on it, but because I was addressing some of the basics, I was simply astounded. Like, wait, it's possible to not live in pain? I had no idea that that was even possible. And so I had settled for surviving and didn't realize it was possible to thrive. I'm just going to put a plug out here. You have a small booklet that you've just published recently, I believe. It is entitled, As Your Soul Prospers. And the subtitle is Biblical Principles for Wellness. And as I was looking in here, I saw a statement that you had made in here. It says, being healthy means that your body, soul, and spirit are functioning as intended. So that brings up the whole body, soul, spirit conversation. And we can touch on that a little in our next episode. We can maybe dive a little deeper into some practical things, but just introducing that subject, how does the body, soul, and spirit all relate to health and wellness? Mm -hmm. Maybe we can tease that out here in this episode. Give us an introduction of how those three work together to achieve this functional wellness, this wellness that we're talking about, the health and wellness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my working definition of health is a person, a whole person that is functioning in the way that they are intended to for the purposes that they are made. Whole person includes the physical body, which is what we can see. It also includes your soul commonly understood as the mind, the will, and the emotions. 
But beyond that, your whole person includes your spirit, the part of you that connects at the deepest level to God and to other people. So health, true health, means that all three, the body, the soul, and the spirit, are functioning as they are intended to function. Mm. Beyond that, whenever one of those breaks down, it will affect the other two. Hmm. So true health is, I won't say impossible, but it's very difficult if you don't have all three of those hmm. healthy and functioning as they are intended. And you, yeah, to achieve that true health, that's, and one affects the other, uh, that makes sense. A lot of times we will tend to think of treating physical illnesses or, mm-hmm. or like, we'll say like, let's just say a hospital is for the physical, a church is for the spiritual, you know what I'm saying? Something like that, but really, really one is affecting both, the other. Or, right. Yeah. And they should both be at least conscious mm. that there is another realm that that's affects good point. what you're primarily dealing with here. Yeah, the concept that it is possible to be healthy in a true deep way, despite chronic illness, is something that I want to make very clear. Chronic illness does not have to mean that your soul and your spirit are sick. It is entirely possible to be quite healthy, even though your physical body is ill. I want that to be quite clear. Mm. Even though... I believe that physical health is very important and underrated for many of us. Is there, so there's like a directional part to this where you have the spirit is probably like the innermost part or like the highest part and then soul and then body. So let's say your soul is sick, spirit's fine. The soul is going to affect the body. Does it go inward and the soul can affect the spirit as well? Or the body can affect the soul and the spirit? Or is it just... So the way that I like to think of it is that your body is kind of the, the in the center. It's the solid part that you can see. Your soul reaches farther out, connects to other people. It's what experiences the world around you. Even bigger is your spirit. That can reach from heaven to hell. It can connect around the world and beyond. But to get back to your question, which direction does this flow? Your soul is, in a sense, sandwiched between. And so your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions are affected by things in the spiritual realm as well as things in the physical realm. Your soul includes your mind, will, and emotions, which is where depression primarily shows up. It's not necessarily where it starts, but it's primarily where it shows up. Mm. And depression can affect both your body and your spirit. It may start in either your body or your spirit, and sometimes in both. So (laughs) there's some direction, but it's also all interconnected. Okay. Thank you. That was an excellent answer. I feel like it's just like how you see it visually. Like the soul is always in the middle. The way I would look at it, specifically your thoughts. I mean, I know Mm -hmm. like people have done studies on your thought processes. I think that I'm a terrible person, that I'm not worth anything, and your body will accept that, mm-hmm. that kind of thinking. But like that's, in a sense, your soul going out, I guess. But it's because you're not believing God's spirit, which is saying something else. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get technical if we try to plot this out. Just And, you know, we're just satisfied with understanding that they're interconnected. I think that's... Yes, that's fine. I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't more specific than... 
but I think you're correct in that understanding. I think in your book, you talk about the idea that your body is a gift from God. Do you want to speak at all anymore to that idea that God has given us this gift to use? Mm -hmm. So as far as seeing our bodies as gifts from God, there are two primary ways that I see that. First, as the temple of God. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and therefore extremely precious, valuable, and to be cared for, to be honored, and specifically not to be defiled. However, if that's the only view that we have of our bodies, it, we will tend to try to preserve them, to just kind of keep them nice and neat and clean and not use them. And that clearly does not work very well if we only see our body as a temple, but if we also understand that our bodies are tools to be used, a gift to be returned to the one that it really belongs to. <laughs> so if we see our body as a temple and as a tool, we will take care of it and we will use it for a purpose that is much bigger than ourselves. Thank you. I have one other question, and I think this is more of an observational question in terms of health, and maybe this will kind of segue us in as we get to our next episode and we think more on the practical side. I feel like a lot of people, when they approach the subject of health, either it is at the bottom of their list, they don't pay any attention to health, or it can become idolized, and health is like this idol where their whole, all of their world is just wrapped around health. And I know one person, like anytime I talk with him, it's like, he just needs to tell you about his latest exercise program <laughs> and the latest thing he's doing. And it's just like his world revolves around that. So mm -hmm. maybe it's not as much as like a balance or is there like a first and a second thing where the first thing, this is the most important thing. And then this is a secondary thing. I'm curious on your thoughts on how do we juggle both of those Mm -hmm. the way people interact with this concept of health. Mm -hmm. So, in one sense, it's a balance. But in a much bigger sense, health is a means to an end. It is not the end. Mm -hmm. And when we forget what our purpose is, mm -hmm. then we idolize health mm -hmm. or we dismiss it. We, hmm. we fall into one of those ditches. But when we understand that our bodies are tools to be used, and we need to keep those tools sharp and clean, then health takes its proper place. Mm -hmm. You give it the attention that it needs for a bigger purpose. Mm -hmm. I guess talking about that, weighing the importance of health, where does it fall importance versus, I thought of, is it David Brainerd, was he the missionary to the Native Americans. Yes. And I think you read stories like sometimes you get the impression, I don't know what's accurate, but sometimes you get the impression that like, oh, he pushed himself too hard and he died at like 32 or something in his fervor to reach the, which is like, it sounds great. You know what I mean? I guess, and I, I'm not saying that any of you guys here have to have any answer for that, but just like that made me think of that. Like, mm -hmm. where do you, is it justified to not be, I don't know, to take some break and not go so hard at it that he could just spend another additional 10 years and who knows, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe it was chronic. Mm -hmm. I don't really know much details. I just remember you know reading a little bit in school about him and stuff. But Right. That's a great question. So when I teach CPR classes, one of the 
primary principles that I stress over and over for my students is that the first rule of rescue is not to become the second victim. And that applies in all areas of life whenever you are going to help someone else. However, I also tell my students, I have nothing whatsoever against you laying down your life for someone else, Mm. but I don't want you to do it stupidly. (laughs) Understand what you're getting into and make that choice. This is worth sacrificing everything for. Lay down your life. There is nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But understand that you are doing it. And so I don't know the specifics, whether David Brainerd was careless or intentional. Mm-hmm. I can't make that call. But that's kind of how I see it. Is don't do it carelessly. But if you do it intentionally, great. I have nothing against that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a very good answer. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining us for this first episode. We're going to continue in part two of the series, and we kind of want to dive into the the nitty gritties and the practical aspects of health. So stay tuned. Mm -hmm.